0: Thank you for joining our podcast here
1: at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we'll study God's Word. All right, everybody, happy Super Bowl Sunday. And let me just say, go Kansas City. That's who I'm putting my money on today. Hey, real fast, we are recording this on a Tuesday, and Tuesday's the day as I come into the sanctuary. A team of people is going and distributing food to our city. We need you to help us do this. If you're looking for a way to serve, go to wearepcc.com forward slash go, and you can see how you can be a part of this or many other ways that we are serving our community in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this time. As we spend one more week in this book, it has been timely because your word is timeless. It's living, it's active. Once more, come and minister to us where we are. We need this. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I grew up without biological grandfathers. Uh, I actually had surrogate grandfathers, my surrogate grandfathers were my great uncles who, like my grandfathers, had immigrated from Italy. Oh man, I have such vivid memories of sitting around dinner tables or walking vineyards with these guys. I think of these great uncles as great ones. I call them my holy Joes. There was my great uncle Joe Farnese, or my great uncle Joe Nicoletti, or my great uncle Joe Roccioli, And I also had my great uncle Ferruccio Guadini, but he didn't speak English, so if he ever dropped wisdom on me, I couldn't understand it. But for the Holy Joes, I have vivid memories of them talking with my parents or talking with relatives about something and then turning to me in a heavy Italian accent saying, remember this one, Gary, and drop an axiom on me. Remember this one was their way of saying, Gary, some things in life, in your little eight, nine, 10 year old life, you just can't afford to forget. So as we finish our five week series on the book of Habakkuk, uh, trusting God in troubled times, I have heard from so many of you regarding how timely this word has been in your life right now in 2020, 2021. It's been timely in my life as well. We've learned how to wrestle with God in troubled times through chapter one. We've learned how to wait on God through troubled times in chapter two. And finally, we've learned how to worship God in troubled times through chapter three. I wish we were in person. If we were, I would stop and ask you, how has Habakkuk ministered to you? I'd share my learnings and my heart around this book, but I'd wanna hear from you. So we're gonna pause and I want you to take 90 seconds and ponder to yourself or share with your group what were your remembered this one moments from our study of the book of Habakkuk? What will you take away with you from our study? Ready? Go. All right, I don't know what your takeaway was. I'd love to hear. You can email me, G at WeArePCC.com. I really do care. But let me give you four takeaways as your pastor that I want our body to take away from this book. Here's the first. Remember this one. It's okay to wrestle with God and ask why. Look at Habakkuk's first words in the book. Habakkuk 1, verse 2 to 3. Look what he says. How long, Lord... Must I call to you for help, but you don't listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you don't save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife, conflict abounds. That could be written in 2020, couldn't it? Why did he ask why? Because, listen, what Habakkuk saw with his eyes betrayed what he believed in his heart about God. Every follower of Jesus knows that experience. It's part of living in a sin-cursed world. The book of Habakkuk takes place during a period when God's people had wandered or become corrupt. Within the community of faith, there was violence, manipulation, deceit, something that should never exist in the people of God. So God speaks to the prophet and says, I love you, I love Israel but they're becoming increasingly evil. And for their own good, I'm gonna discipline them. I'm gonna take a pagan nation, much more evil than Israel, and I'm gonna use them to destroy Israel. To which Habakkuk says, wait, wait, what? Why? Remember, in Hebrew, the name Habakkuk means to embrace or to wrestle, he's living out what his name means. And when he didn't get God, or if I would put it in our nomenclature, listen, when following God and obedience doesn't make sense, when Habakkuk found himself in a faith storm, instead of walking away, Habakkuk leaned in and wrestled. That's the whole point of the book, and it challenges each one of us with this question. Is the limit of our obedience the boundaries of our reason. I'm going to say that again. Is the limit of our obedience to Jesus the boundaries of our reason? Friends, that's not walking by faith. That's walking by sight when the limits of our obedience is the boundaries of our reason. I want you to meet some modern-day Habakkuk's. These two are heroic. I mean that in my eyes. Meet the Kecks and hear about their wrestle of faith. And they're sticking in even amidst the why.
2: I'm here with Jonathan and Heather Keck, who have given me the privilege to interview them for a Habakkuk series. Jonathan and Heather, can you share a little about yourself?
0: Hi, PC. I'm Jonathan Keck. It's my wife, Heather Keck. We have a seven-year-old daughter, Sophia, and we've been uh, at PCC now just coming up on seven years. Uh, We live in San Carlos, and I think we kind of first started getting plugged in when... We started the 905. We were part of the initial group that started there.
2: Yes, you guys have been a very um, active family with PCC, and it's been such a great joy to get to know you. Well, and as we wrap up our Habakkuk series, we know the name Habakkuk in Hebrew means to embrace and to wrestle. Um, What are you wrestling with and waiting on the Lord with currently?
0: Yeah, this has been a a tough season for us. in January of 2020, we uh, got in the fortunate time to start a great remodel on our house uh, right before everything went crazy. And then, being working for a company that is currently uh, connected to large corporations in the Bay Area, we service uh, all the big name companies in the Bay Area, and our business is uh, dependent on all of those. Uh, come March, we literally lost everything um, in our business. And to sustain and make sure that we can keep it around and uh, provide jobs. We've had to take some massive pay cuts. And so right now it's been a, a just a season of trust and faith in God that during this time that he's going to continue to provide for us, uh, even though we had to continue to move forward with a remodel that our whole house was opened up and finances had completely stopped pretty much. And so it's just been a, a challenging uh, season for us.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair, that's valid job loss. And job change can cause a lot of uncertainty and realignment. Well, well then tell me this, how are you maintaining a faithful worshiping heart for God when things are unanswered?
3: Um, I like this question because uh, in light of the study of Habakkuk and this whole notion of wrestling and embracing um, God I was thinking back um, to a time where we were definitely wrestling with the Lord. Uh, we were in the midst of a season of infertility and had uh, embarked on some fertility treatments. And uh, this particular day, I remember um, we had just learned uh, that day that our most recent uh, attempt at um, getting pregnant had failed again and uh we're just feeling devastated and really um, a little hopeless. And uh, I had been slotted to um, help lead worship at church uh, that weekend. and I was sitting in my car in the church parking lot, um, just feeling uh, like I just didn't have anything in me to um, to worship, to walk into the church and to to worship on stage. And I uh, had a moment where I uh, pulled out my Bible and I basically said, okay, Lord, what what do you want me to do right now in this moment? And um, one of my go-to verses during that season had been Isaiah 54 10. But um, in that moment, the Holy Spirit prompted me to read um, from the beginning of Isaiah 54. And um, verse one reads this way, uh, sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And um, so I took that as a direct um, answer to prayer from the Lord. And so I got out of that car and I went into the church and I uh, essentially determined to Um, make my wrestle worship. And I committed the wrestling to the Lord in worship. And I sang and wrestled on that stage. Um, But honestly, by the end of that um, set of worship, uh, something had shifted in me internally. Um, There had begun an embracing of God's plan and provision for us uh, um, And it was a process, but there was, um, an alignment of, of my heart with God's plan and dream for our family, which, uh, ended up not being, um, pregnancy for us, but, uh, but he provided a daughter through adoption. Um, and so I wouldn't just in thinking about wrestling, I think that your wrestle, um, you can make that your worship. Um, And so I think I've taken that with me. And during this particular season, uh, when it feels very much like we're wrestling with God, just committing that to him and making that our worship.
1: I told you it was good. It's there's so much more they said that we can't contain in this message, but it will be on our social media this week. Look for it on our social. What I want you to hear on this is friends, one of Jesus's last words before his death from the cross was a question why it's okay to ask that of God there's a way to do that in holy reverence and this is important I pray as a community we can give space safe space to ask that question together which leads me to my second remember this one the second thing I want us to take away from this is this remember this one ministry is proportionate to proximity You know, during the second week of the series, my good friend, ministry colleague, Pastor Herman Hamilton taught us how to be racial reconcilers. And I want you to hear my heart on this. As a church, we should be on the leading edge and be a model in our city of racial equity, breaking down walls that exist in our community. We need to not only not be racist, we need to learn to be intentionally, you ready? anti-racist. And what do I mean by that? Listen, everyone, listen. As a community, our call is to be a Christ-centered, anti-racist community, which means to, in the power of the Holy Spirit, identify racial injustices that exist and leverage our God-given privilege and influence for racial equity. How do we build bridges to racial unity? Well, Herman taught us that week, we need to listen, we need to lament, we need to learn, and then we need to lift up. Implied in all of that is we need to draw close. There is no ministry apart from proximity. So let me ask you, where is it from week two that God has called you to draw close and build a bridge of unity? That's the second, remember this one. Let's go to the third. Remember this one. Waiting time doesn't have to be wasted time. Pastor Scott brought this to us in Habakkuk 2. In Habakkuk 2.3 it says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. Implied in that is God's appointed time, not our appointed time. In other words, God's timeline and our timeline don't always line up. The verse says, it speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Literally, it will not be late. It will not miss the divine appointment. Hang on for a second. awkward, isn't it? <laughs> that was just 10 seconds. We don't do well with waiting. And, and this is where God has us, hear me, this is where God has us as a community. It has been grueling waiting for this pandemic to end. I remember when it was first announced almost a year ago, thinking, oh, I, I can do anything for two weeks. Here we are 11 months later. Uh, and that's only 11 months. I literally have been praying prayers in my prayer journal for 38 years that line up completely with God's will. And I'm like, what is going on? When are you gonna answer this? Waiting and waiting and waiting. We heard this week from a family waiting for a pregnancy. I don't know what you're waiting for, but chapter two is all about how to endure the wait. And the driving force behind chapter two, especially verse one to four, is this, we're operating on God's timeline, which is eternal, not our own. God is literally using things in our life now that will minister to generations beyond us. We can't speed God up, we can't slow him down. God's right on time, all the time. And when it comes to God and time, listen, waiting time isn't wasted time. Scott did a masterful job of bringing out biblical character after biblical to character who had to wait and trust God. What do we do in the waiting time? <laughs> you do what a good waiter does, right? And a good restaurant, remember those? We'll, we'll be back there soon. You stay present. You build rapport. You serve until you wait. Waiting doesn't equate to stagnation. Continue to serve the Lord. A COVID pandemic is not an excuse to stop your spiritual disciplines or mine or to stop our service for the Lord. In PCC, many of you aren't. It's the beauty of how God's using our church. Keep serving even when you don't understand. Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14 says this. I believe, this is David's prayer journal. I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's saying that by faith. And then he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Waiting time isn't wasted time. Our final, remember this one, is this. Worship God in the midst of, not after the wrestle. You know, during this series, I received the following text from a PCCer who reached out to me. Uh, she's in her 20s, late 20s, and here's what she said. I'm so excited we're doing this series on Habakkuk. Uh, That book actually means a lot to me. My mom had just left an abusive stepfather relationship and she was completely alone with five kids. I was 15 at the time and working as much as legally possible to pay the bills. My mom sank into a deep depression. She was laying in in, in her bed expressing the hopelessness of her life and how she wished she wasn't living. As the oldest, I was usually the pep talk person, but I had no words. I walked out of her room one day defeated and I noticed a piece of paper on the ground. A few pages from my Bible had fallen out. And the pages that fell out happened to be Habakkuk. I didn't realize it was part of my Bible because I'd never heard of Habakkuk before. The first thing I saw in those pages was Habakkuk 3, verse 17 to 19 it became my anthem as a teenager. It brings back such good memories, not memories of a good situation, I love how she put this, but of the goodness of God. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19, the ending of the book paints a picture of utter devastation. Look what it says. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pan and no cattle in the stalls. And what happens when back looks at utter devastation? He comes to this place, remember this, of acceptance. And he makes a decision. And here it is. Yet I will rejoice. The word in Hebrew means to treasure, to savor. I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. I'm blown away that even when Habakkuk has no earthly reason to worship, he comes to a place where he is, uh, and here's the lesson of this week, please, a though yet follower of Jesus instead of an if-then follower of Jesus. Remember the difference? God had grown him through the wrestle to this place. If-then following goes like this, God, if you do this, then I'll obey. If you don't, I won't. If you don't come through, God, I'm not going to follow you. Though yet, followers, this is their anthem. Even though it makes no earthly sense, Jesus, you never called me to a life that makes earthly sense. Even though, yet I will praise you. Even though, yet I will follow you. Hear me on this. Habakkuk isn't rejoicing after the suffering's over. He's not rejoicing for the suffering. That's stupid. He's rejoicing to God in the midst of suffering in God. He's rejoicing in the character of God in the midst of suffering. What we see here, and not only here, but throughout tons of places of Scripture, is that the joy of the Lord happens inside the sorrow and suffering in spite of the sorrow and suffering. The joy of the Lord happens in defiance to the sorrow and suffering. I believe, and hear my heart on this, I believe joy and rejoicing is both our lifeline to the Father and the target of the enemy's assault. PCC, be on guard and building our lives, building your life. And I've learned this through this series and through the year and through many years of hardship that I've experienced from time to time. A discipline of rejoicing, thanksgiving, and worship. So those are my remember this ones. And I want to close how Habakkuk closed his book in verse 19 of chapter 3. The sovereign Lord, that's key there, right? Sovereign Lord is my strength. Literally in the Hebrew, he says, he's my army. And he's referring back to, if you're taking notes, just write Habakkuk 1 11, when God said, a Babylonian army's coming who's strong. Habakkuk ends the book saying, the sovereign Lord is my army. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights, the heights of character, the heights of intimacy with God, the heights of resilience, the heights of spiritual vision. That's what God wants for all of us. One of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis, who I absolutely love and read almost everything he's written, is this, and I'm gonna close with this. If I find in myself a desire in which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Remember this one, PCC you were made for another world. If you identify as a follower of Jesus, this world is not our home. We are destined for a forever kingdom with Jesus, who reigns in Christ. We have been equipped to endure the heartache and troubles with our hope anchored in that coming kingdom. And in the process, in this battlefield called Earth, Our lives exist to glorify God and through our lives and through our words to invite everyone we can into a relationship with Jesus. One day, the wrestle will be over. Until then, PCC, hear my heart. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as we close, if there's anyone listening to this who's never said yes to you, who's never said, yes, I have run in rebellion to you, yes, I have done my life my way, and yes, I've made a mess of it, and yes, you came to give me forgiveness, freedom, restoration. If no one's ever made a choice to follow you, today, it's their day, I pray they would pray, yes. And for those of us who have, Lord, I pray we would lean in, we would Habakkuk well in community, wrestle, embrace, and that you would be glorified and that your kingdom would expand yes even in a pandemic we love you thank you thank you for this book and lord thank you that uh, you are amazing in, with your presence wherever we go we pray this in jesus name amen thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at peninsula covenant church we would love the opportunity Connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.